Hello and welcome to Premier League on Tap, your FPL draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Just getting over a cold myself, actually, uh, coming off this weekend. Haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately, but uh, thankfully I'll sleep well knowing I got the win this week in the Genie League. Uh, interestingly, this week, uh, as opposed to last week, was a pretty low-scoring week in real life with uh, all but one matchup hitting the under. So uh, this made a pretty good landscape for streaming defenders, but uh, don't be too worried about some of those underperformers you guys might have at the forward and midfield positions. Palace attackers specifically, I am staring at you. Yeah, it was a very interesting game week. I noticed uh, a lot of the higher-end scores had... I mean, you played three, four defenders even, and you had clean sheets with almost all of them. So definitely a strange turn of events in just a week. Um, As always, if you guys enjoy the show, please like, like, rate, review on the platform you listen on. We always appreciate the support and enjoy hearing listener feedback. Uh, Follow us on Twitter to stay up to date. I am at PLDraftopia. Zach is at drafting with the number four upside. And as well as follow our show uh, on Twitter at PL underscore on tap. Our DMs are always open. If you guys ever have any questions, just shoot us a message and uh, we'll do our best to give you some feedback. Uh, we finally reached the part in the season where the games start to come thick and fast. Uh, now's the time where we see an increase in injuries, fatigue, rotation. Uh, so it's massively important to stay uh, in the know on which matchups to target and under the radar streamers for the game week ahead so that you can stay competitive in your leagues. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to the first games here. Uh, Tuesday night games, we've got Brighton versus Nottingham Forest. Brighton favored by a 1.25 goals with an over-under of 2.75. Um, Brighton actually has the highest clean sheet odds of the weekend, sitting at almost 50%. They're at 48%. Um, Zach, run us through the Brighton squad here. Uh, do they have any injuries of note right now? Yeah, so I was pretty interested when I saw that they had the highest clean sheet odds. I know Nottingham Forest is complete garbage, but we saw Brighton give up two goals to Brentford, who have been struggling a little bit recently to get goals. So uh, definitely a team to look out for with those clean sheet odds. Uh, most significantly, I have a Stupanon listed as a defender one this week which I know might be a bit hot takey given his uh, lack of minutes or his ability to get pulled much, much earlier than you'd like to see before he can even get his clean sheet. But we've seen his ability to ghost pretty well, even in negative game scripts. So I think he's pretty much matchup proof in that sense. And now that he's got the matchup, he's fantastic because Matoma is out for about two games with an ankle injury. I know that you could see uh, Trossard or maybe even a Lalana slide into left wing back, but I think that that would be a bit of an edge case scenario that I'm willing to risk. So I guess I could preface it saying if he goes anywhere near a full 90, he's a defender one hands down in my opinion this week, but uh, I think he's still worth the risk uh, given these high clean sheet odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm also looking at uh, Caicedo as a mid two, mid three, just because Nottingham Forest is uh, just a points matchup. It it doesn't really matter if you're defender, midfielder, forward. You, you're just gonna score a crazy amount of point points against them. So uh, fire up Caicedo, who is already high, highly rostered, but have some strong confidence in him. And I've also uh, put up Denny's Undav as a forward three with upside because I know it's a short week, so. Who knows? Maybe he gets a run out there. I know he got a sub at the end of the last game. So anything can happen. And if he plays, I really like him, especially since this is the very first game of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would even say a stupid on value probably goes up with, I mean, obviously it goes up with Matoma being out. But even if he does get yanked, you're pretty much hoping that he gets yanked after the 60-minute mark. Uh, just to solidify that clean sheet if they do have one at that time, uh, which is pretty awesome to see, actually. I was uh, watching with bated breath that Newcastle and uh, 
Manchester United game and had Shar as a defender and he got pulled off in the 90th minute and I was like all right cool we're good to go we got the clean sheet I don't really care what happens in the last few minutes so um, definitely roster the uh, Brighton defenders this week for sure especially with those high clean sheet odds uh, Nottingham Forest just don't seem like they want to score right now um, it took a set piece uh, two games ago with the Dennis header uh, I mean last this past weekend against Wolves uh, Johnson gets a penalty saved so it's just the ball's just not going in the back of the net for them right now um, as far as Nottingham Forest goes it's just really hard to even roster one of their players right now I mean you can play Morgan Gibbs White as maybe a midfield four option I'd say he's almost on the midfield five option um but i don't know i just they just don't score well right now so i'm just staying away from all those assets i think that's fair nobody's you know claiming for any of them to get the start this week i know people might be asking about nico williams because of the news about serge aurier uh having a soft tissue injury but I don't I don't think you're gonna wanna start him here. I think just avoid the defenders, avoid the pain. There's there's a scenario where he does well, I'm not denying that, but I think there's just better options overall with a bit higher of a floor and maybe a little bit lower upside, but I just there's nothing appealing to this Nottingham Forest team, so just wait for them to turn around if they ever turn around. Mm-hmm. I mean I would even go after a Veltman, Webster, Dunk before I play any defender on Nottingham Forest right now. And those guys are all under 40% rostered. So at least one of them is probably going to be available on your waiver wire. Yeah, you're just chasing the clean sheet. Yep. All right, moving on here to the second game of the day. We've got Crystal Palace Wolves. Palace favored by 0.25 goals uh, with an over-under of 2.25. Crystal Palace have the fifth highest clean sheet odds at 35% this weekend. Um, run me through this Palace side. Uh, pretty boring display, I guess, against Leicester. Didn't really do much in attack. Uh, worked out well for my Palace defenders. But uh, do you see that as more of an aberration? Or is this team just kind of trying to hit that gear that they're getting into after going through such a tough beginning of their schedule? Yeah, I mean, you'll see both of these teams have kind of had tough sledding up to now. But I do like Crystal Palace's chances here with the 35% clean sheet odds against Wolves. So I'm comfortable streaming uh, Gay this week as like a defender three with clean sheet upside. He's probably got a little bit better ghost point potential than some of those Brighton assets while sacrificing that clean sheet upside uh, that they have and uh also joel ward not not a bad shout this week but you know the name might make some people cringe and uh tyrick mitchell i probably would look to last out of the four obviously anderson's a locked and loaded starter he should he should be a really strong start this week against wolves um and other than that you know the guys that you're that you're playing here from palace as far as the attackers go, I know you said in the beginning, don't get too low on them. Uh, one of the guys that I've rostered in, in my home league who has just been a waste of a roster spot right now since I picked him up is Jordan Ayew. Um, picked him up after the Chelsea game where he had 11.5 points and he's had 3.5 and, and then 1. Um, are you still holding on to Ayew or are you looking elsewhere right now for a forward? I'm wondering if that injury is nagging at him a little bit still. I know he was questionable either last week or the week before, so it's possible that that had something to do with it because normally he's involved from a ghost point perspective. So I wouldn't say that he's a must-start any given week. He's he's a little bit more in that matchup-dependent group. Mm-hmm. The thing about him is that you know Vera loves him, and he can – he, in the past, he's been able to go the full 90 minutes or close to that. And, uh, you know, we saw, I think, Zaha and Edouard get yanked last game before him, if I'm not mistaken. So, 
you know, you got to be on the field to score points, but he doesn't really excite you when you start him. You're, you're putting him in there to get those 10 points, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, like we've talked about in recent episodes, the forward landscape is just so uh, muddled. There's not many options available out there. So he's probably just one that'll stick on the roster, but will be, uh, like you said, matchup dependent. And I mean, Wolves isn't a great matchup for attackers. They have a pretty That's a really bad one, actually. solid defense, uh, even though yeah. they don't score themselves. Uh, it took a PK goal to get them a victory this weekend, but they were still able to get another clean sheet. Um, as far as the Wolves side goes, not many injuries. They do get Collins back from suspension, um, which he could be potentially just slot right back in on the defense so if anybody is looking to pick up and stream a defender that's not a bad shout right now um but are any of the wolves attackers even worth starting right now like are you rostering them still in the hopes that they turn this around or are you just trying to give up are you trading them out dropping them what are you thinking right now I'd say that uh, Wolves attackers are all definitely benches in this game, and all but Adama uh, should be dropped. I think you start Adama here, though, mm-hmm. given his performance last week. I know he had a shot that ricocheted off someone's hand and resulted in a PK for them to win the game. That's not super uh, projectable in the future, so... Definitely take some caution there. But he still had 9, 10 points before that. So I, I would uh, I would feel pretty confident in starting him most weeks, if if not all weeks, especially given the forward landscape. Uh, other than that, I'm not looking to start any other Wolves players, really even defenders here. I know they're a good team defensively, and you could get away with starting, as you mentioned, uh, Collins or... Uh, I Nori, but I don't even think they ghosted very well last week, and they got a clean sheet. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would even be a little worried. I rostered him this past weekend. Actually, I picked him up off the waiver wire and then started him, and that was uh, Ruben Neves, who, without his PK goal, only scored five and a half points. So, I understand why someone may have dropped him to the waiver wire. Uh, he hasn't been playing particularly well, but he is always a goal threat from distance and he's on penalties so I mean he's not a bad player to start as a midfield four option at the lowest so um, but anything to add to this game here no should be a pretty boring game to be honest yeah I would I would assume it's going to be very similar to this past weekend's game against Leicester for Palace here yeah. Uh, moving on to the Wednesday games, we've got Bournemouth, Southampton. This is a pick 'em. There is no favorite in this one. Um, it is an over/under of 2.25 goals. Bournemouth still have Lloyd Kelly out. That's pretty much their only n- injury uh, to note. Uh, I mean, in this matchup, you're riding the hot hands. Billing and Solanke have been balling out the last few games so definitely start those guys billings probably a midfield three option with midfield two upside solanke definitely could be your forward two forward three option um but as far as streamers go in this matchup on the bournemouth side are you looking to stream any of those i don't know midfielders maybe a defender in this matchup yeah i saw a little sign of life from tavernier uh last week and depends what scoring you use i guess i know in my home league you got like 10 point something you get some points for fouls suffered or whatnot and i know he was doing pretty well on uh, both sides of the ball getting up and down the pitch still got subbed out would like to see him go full 90 minutes to rack up some ghost points because we know he's going to be super dependent on that Mm -hmm. Uh, interestingly i believe he's had the most shots on that team if i'm not mistaken or close to it and like none of them have gone on target so (laughs) i guess it's really tough it's really tough when he's had um roughly 10 to 15 shots a season and can't put any of them on frame you'd think that that regresses a little bit but that definitely shows that he is either not taking high quality shots 
or he's just not good at shooting, which is interesting because he's on most set pieces for that team. Yeah, so you might see Billings start to take some of those. Yeah. Uh, because he's definitely a better striker of the ball as of late this season. Um, he can score from range. So I do like Billing. He might start to take some of those. Just be careful. But uh, Tavernier, uh, midfield 4-5, can fill in. And like I said, depending on your format, he can rack up some other, other peripherals that standard scoring doesn't really provide. But uh, he definitely don't have a ton of confidence in him. Uh, you might have more confidence in Christie as of late as a midfield four with the eight ghost points last match. He's uh, he's a guy maybe in some sort of form. I use that loosely. <laughs> so I know he's a popular streamer. I've seen him around Twitter, and you know he gets forward. He's he's not bad. He, I think believe he's on the opposite side of Tavernier, and mm-hmm. uh, has seemingly gotten some better uh, returns in his games so it's not like Bournemouth is a team you're targeting for their goals they have really been outperforming their XG and it's not really one of their you know mainstays but they they have you know been an annoying team so in that sense I think Zamora is not the worst start it's not like Southampton is a goal scoring machine yeah and so uh yeah Jordan Zamora is a defender three with a little bit of clean sheet upside no, it's not high. I think it's around 25% chance they get a clean sheet here. So not fantastic, but they should be at home, have a crowd behind them. So might see defenders do a little bit better there, even though they don't have Lloyd Kelly back from injury yet and aren't projected to. Yeah, Bournemouth's such a weird side right now because, I mean, since they got absolutely demolished by Liverpool, uh, they haven't lost a game since then. But they just... I mean, even just watching their games, they don't look that good. They've been outperforming almost every aspect of those games to get to where they're at now. But, I mean, hey, they're sitting 10th with that minus 12 goal differential. So uh, good on them. Maybe they can keep it up. But I think this may just be a flash in the pan. Who knows? Um, But, I mean, like you said, Southampton's not a very free flowing side not very free scoring I mean hell I honestly don't know how their goal stood this weekend when Walker Peters foot was over the line on the throw-in and then the ref was like between the defender and the ball when the ball was hit and the defenders had to like run around the ref to try and get to the ball is the weirdest weirdest sequence of events to lead to a deflected goal that ended up standing and when we've seen much weirder things on VAR get ruled out. Um, but as far as the Southampton side goes, uh, a crowd favorite. Everybody on Twitter knows him. Uh, Bella Kochup is out injured. Uh, it could be a few games. It could be until the World Cup. It's kind of just dependent on how that uh, separated shoulder heals. I think it's dislocated. But, I mean... <sighs> other than Ward Prowse and Che Adams this Southampton team there's like no one to choose from to play here or am I wrong I think you could get away with Salisu this week as a defender three but I wouldn't be ecstatic about it more of a a lineup filler he goes okay Mm -hmm. you know to give him credit Uh, but in the absence of Bella Kochap he might be a little bit busier. Uh, I think, I forget who the name of the other center back is, uh, the Croatian fella, but I think he's, I don't think he's too bad. He was, came from Marseille and did well in, Celta in Car. the French League. Yeah, like Coletta Car, I think Coletta it is. Coletta Car, however you say yeah. it. Duge. Yeah. Yes, yes. Or douche. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we, we know what he's got in the tank, what the, what the car has got in the tank, but uh, I think you could do worse than Salisu this week. I would avoid the Southampton Moonbacks, though. They've mostly been sitting back mm-hmm. and uh, you know staying home, which makes sense. You know, Southampton is leaking even goals. Even with the goal, Peru yeah, even scored 9.75 points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that should turn you off, if yes. anything. 
yeah, I'm avoiding I'm avoiding that defense if I can. But if I had to pick one of them, Salisu would be my my uh, guy to go with. Understandable. I would agree there. Um, moving on here to the Brentford Chelsea game. Chelsea favored by 0.75 and an over under of 2.5. Brentford coming off a big win against Brighton. Um, Tony's been balling out. So, I mean, other than, I mean, we all we say this every week. It seems like you stream Damsgard, but the dude's just not playing. So, are you still, you're still rostering him, right? Not necessarily. I have him as a stream this week, but you know we always have the caveat that they might not start. So it's we're not saying start him off the bench, but uh, I don't think you have to hold him. It doesn't seem like he's very favored in this team, mm-hmm. uh, and they just got the win. So my line of thinking is usually when teams get wins and the guy doesn't start, why would they start him the next game? I know yeah. it's a short week, so that's that's going to be your excuse this week. And that's why I think he has a chance of starting. Uh, he's ghosted okay when he started, but to be honest, I haven't really seen a whole lot from him. So, you know, they could be empty points. He could actually be good. Uh, I'll let you guys make that decision. But in a, you know, slate where there is one reduced game, it's possible you might be turning to him. And if he's on your roster, you might be starting him. Chelsea is not terrifying by any means. They're, they're definitely a negative matchup. For midfielders, but mm-hmm. uh, Brentford, I don't know. It depends on the day. They they really sometimes they decide to show up like against <laughs> Brighton, who have been red hot, and yeah. other days they just decide to completely fall apart and tie zero zero. So yeah, the uh, Brentford defensive enigma of <laughs> giving up what five goals and then getting a clean sheet the next week. Like yeah, I, I mean, I guess we could say they bounce I'd they say. bounce back well. That's good. Um, I'm just pissed that I started Pinnock last week and not this week. <laughs> I did the same. I did the same. I'm like, I don't want to be on this train one more week and look like a fool. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, I mean, defenders, like I said earlier in the show, defenders did generally pretty well this week. So yeah. you likely didn't bench him for somebody that uh, absolutely sank your roster. But... I would have again avoid playing him this week against Chelsea since they're uh, favorites at negative point seven five and uh, an over under two point five. So there there could be some goals in this one. And I'd also bench Brian and Buemo, but I'd continue to hold on to him. I know some people are losing the faith. He was pretty pivotal in their win last week. He looked really good uh, and unfortunately hit the bar on one shot and uh, just didn't quite. He didn't do anything that quite gave you Fantrax points, but man, he looked good out there. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say the same thing because I was—I've been mentioning it for the past two episodes, maybe. Is just Embuemo. What are we doing with him? He scored five points. What the hell? But yeah, watching that game, he was—I mean, he pretty much was the outlet for the offense and controlled the tempo of them going forward. It was just he was never quite that final pass, um, and. I mean, it's promising moving forward. Definitely um, has the potential to be your forward three and on a good day, forward two. But, yeah, like I, like you said, I think we're just holding on to him at this point. But I would uh, stray away from starting him against this Chelsea team who have the third highest clean sheet odds, actually tied third highest with Liverpool at 38%. But as far as this Chelsea side goes, it – looks like this whole thing is running through Mason Mount right now and everyone else is just standing there uh Mm -hmm. scoring wise the attackers for Chelsea have all been under double digits uh and it's just Mount who's going off yeah it's Mason Mount's world and we're just living in it right now (laughs) uh I mean I know he was kind of somewhat gifted that first goal to put it loosely but Mm uh He's definitely a guy going forward you have to feel a lot better about our new management. And in this game, I'm starting pretty much any defenders that possess some sort of upside. I'm trying to think of one I wouldn't really start in this game. I guess Cucurella at center back turns me off a little bit. But uh, I'd like Aspilicueta at right back this week as a, as a solid streamer since we've got Reese out. We could, we could definitely see him slide in there. 
Uh, and I'm starting all attackers. I'm not scared of Brentford. I know they held a clean sheet against Brighton, who have been scoring well. But as we said before, Brentford can be hot and cold. And not that Chelsea can't be hot and cold, but mm-hmm. they're all good players in their own right, some more than others. And I think you should start them all. The end. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I think Chelsea just comes along with that caveat of. <sighs> The attackers could be very much boomer bust, and you would kick yourself if you didn't start Sterling or Aubameyang or Havertz, and they scored and assisted in a three-one win against Brentford or something. Like, so there's just the guys that it sometimes is hard to do it, and you kind of like grit your teeth and just set your lineup, and you're like, damn it, I really don't want to start this guy, but I don't really have any other options. I'm not gonna drop him, like. You just do it, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with this matchup this week. Well, we saw Havertz for the first time in a while actually ghost. I didn't know <laughs> he was possible, or that that was possible for him. He got six and a half points in 45 minutes. Yeah. So, hey, if he starts, I'm probably starting him. Like I said before, the landscape is brutal, so uh, yeah, run him out there true. against Brentford, who can give up any number of goals. Agreed, and I think... This one, eh, it's going to be hard to call because Brentford at home is a different animal. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this will be an interesting game to keep an eye on. Uh, moving on here, we've got Liverpool and West Ham. Liverpool favored by 1.25 goals coming off that win against Man City with an over-under of three. So it seems like they were picking Liverpool at home to really take it to West Ham. Um Liverpool, I mean, the injuries are starting to stack up, which doesn't help. Uh, but their defenders are viable again on the bright side uh, with the clean sheet against City. Uh, I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold, maybe it's time to get him back in your lineup. Um, I know he only got a couple minutes against City, but, I mean, you're obviously going to start Van Dyke, who was, I mean, amazing in that City game. But... Um, as far as this midfield goes, you've got Diaz out, Jota's, I don't know if he's out or if he's questionable. I think he's out for this one. Um, he got you stretchered off, so yeah. I am very, uh, very, very negative about him coming back for this one. Yeah, I don't know. There's just hasn't been a whole lot of news on that one, but yeah, I could imagine it's probably not great news if he had to get stretchered off which yeah, I do remember seeing probably that you said that. come in for him yeah which if I'm a Liverpool fan I'm furious at Nunes right now <laughs> how he did not pass that ball to Salah who was wide open for the second goal I, yeah yeah that but, definitely looks selfish but he's got to develop he's he's a raw talent mm-hmm. he'll take time so with those injuries, how do you expect this Liverpool front three to shape up? It's going to be Nunez, Firmino, Salah? Yeah, I think that's the consensus. Okay. And then of those midfielders, are you are you playing any of them in this matchup? No, I think I'm actually avoiding them. Uh, maybe Harvey Elliott, if you want to toss one in there. But the others in there really are just working box-to-box, primarily defensively. He's kind of their only creative guy in there. Uh, West Ham have Suchek and Rice, probably one of the better defensive pairings in the league. So if there's any strength that West Ham has in this game, it's in that midfield. And Hmm. I think that we'll probably try to attack more through the wingbacks here. So I think that whoever starts, if it's Semikas or Robertson, I think they're both really, really good starts. Uh, And... Like you mentioned, they have a 38% clean sheet odd this week, so that's tied for third highest. Uh, fire up all those defenders. We were we kind of got a pulse from them. We got a big pulse from them last week against Man City. So I think if they can hold back City, we have to have a bit more confidence in them. Maybe it was Robertson coming back. Maybe it was Trent being out. Maybe Klopp just lit a fire into their ass, or it was just the occasion. I'm not quite sure, but... Mm-hmm. I'd say that they are back 
with a bit has a bit of hesitation. They could still shed a goal. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, but it, I think Virgil Van Dyke came through in a big way that game. So yeah. if he can continue in that form, that gives the whole back line confidence, and uh, that should give managers confidence in starting any of those defenders in a game where they can get forward without being too worried. I'm not. I I was a little bit more concerned with West Ham in weeks prior, but uh, they. Boy, they could have they could have lost last game if it weren't for a nice little combo between Declan Rice and Ben Rama. Mm-hmm. It's not like Declan Rice is pinging him from range normally, or it's just a curler into the corner. It's not. Yeah. It's not his usual. Yeah, uh, I think the defensive injuries for West Ham are going to play a big part too. If Zuma's still out, Dawson's still out. They kind of went into a makeshift uh, three at the back last weekend, or I guess, what was it, two days ago, a day ago. Um, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how Moyes plays that, um, to see who he has available. I luckily decided to stream Kufal this past weekend, and he had twelve ghost, or 14 ghost points, but with the goal against... He ended up with 12 points, which was fantastic for him, um, kind of like the fall of old. But I would not get caught up with that. I would not start a defender for West Ham this week. Um, I just think with the injuries, the way that they might have to chop and change that back line around a little bit, uh, Salah's goal against City will give him the boost of confidence to really take it to this West Ham team uh, not that I think that they're going to get routed by 3-4 goals but there's a chance that they could um, I'm just going to stay away from these guys and we'll really get to know if Liverpool is quote unquote back if they absolutely crush West Ham and moving forward it's just a game by game basis right now if they can throw three four wins together and they're winning comfortably then yes Liverpool are back yeah I think it's looking like a two nothing Liverpool win where West Ham could nick a goal and make it two one Mm -hmm. it always helps when you have somebody that's like what six five six six can you take it up there Skamaka oh yeah I forgot yeah six five I believe yeah, him and uh, Socek, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Always like a threat. Three, I believe. Yeah. But I think we both see this game going all one way, and that's the Liverpool way. So uh, Anfield's not easy to go to. Just ask City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming into Newcastle, Everton, we've got... Newcastle favored by 0.75 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Newcastle's got the second-highest clean sheet odds at 40%, um, which was pretty evident in Everton's last game. They don't really look like attacking. So um, Newcastle a little beat up right now. Uh, Shark, like I said, came off in that like 90th minute. Uh, he seemed to be bumped and bruised, but... I think Howe said that as long as he trains okay today, he should be back in contention for this match. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, A possible streamer, in case Shar is out, is the person that replaced him. And that would be Jamal Lascelles. I replaced him in the 90th minute. So keep an eye on that team news on Wednesday to see who starts there. But it could be a different back for them we're used to from Newcastle. Um, Isak, we had an injury update on him not too long ago. It looks like he's going to be out until after the World Cup, which is a massive, massive loss, um, not only for Newcastle's attack, but for all the Fantrax managers that spent a decent amount of fab, myself included, on him to now have him rotting on your bench for another two months. Um, and then St. Maxman looks like he's out uh, have you heard any update on him? Any sort of timetable on when he may be coming back? I thought he just got a um, bench appearance. Uh, he came off the bench in one of their last games for a couple minutes, but I, I haven't really seen much of him lately. Uh, I haven't heard much, but yeah, it looks like he went 11 minutes against Brentford the other week. Got a run out there. 
So to see him be out injured the week after is pretty concerning to me. Uh, to not, not even make the team sheet. I get maybe not playing him if mm-hmm. you don't think you need to. I mean, I, in a 0-0 game, I think there'd be no reason not to play him. But uh, if game script you know, allowed to just rest him another week, I, I could understand that. But to not even make the squad is definitely concerning. So I, I would... I'm kind of surprised if he comes back before the World Cup and does anything more than like a substitute appearance uh, at this point. So yeah, it's unfortunate it. for for ASM owners because he's so exciting to watch and adds a lot to that offense. But for now, just kind of anticipate him being out for the time being. I, I haven't looked through Twitter, though, to be honest, for any updates on him. There could be maybe maybe he had an illness or something for all I know. Uh, I think the most recent update on fan tracks is from today. It says he's expected to be out for multiple matches after hurting his hamstring again. Um, How said after Sunday's match against United. So it looks like it's the same hamstring that he's done two or three times now. So they're just going to play that uh, carefully. And, I mean, like I said, they don't really need to rush him back. They're in fine form right now. Um, currently sitting sixth, only a point behind United in fifth. So, I mean, especially against Everton, I mean, it's not even a worry. <laughs> Just got to play solid defense, and, I mean, you at least are likely to get a draw in this one. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so... I mean, we mentioned the back line for Newcastle uh, could be a little different this game week, but is there anybody else that you're looking to stream from that team? Is there anybody you're even able to stream? I know they're a pretty highly rostered team right now. Yeah, you can start any of their defenders as like a defender of three. Uh, I know Shar is performing pretty well, and obviously Trippier is higher than that. We don't need to mention him. You know that we're not talking about him. He's an auto start. Uh, Target is also in the auto start category for me if he plays, but he hasn't been an auto start for Eddie Howe. So, uh, you know, you'll have to wait and see on that one, have backup. Uh, He should be a pretty strong, strong start here if he does. It's like a a defender two or probably even defender one. He just lacks that shiny name, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And uh, LaSalle is a valid option as well at, at defense pairing with whoever's at center back probably Botman. It's like a defender three with high clean sheet odds, second highest of the slate or of the week. Uh, so I I definitely have strong confidence in any of them. And if any of them are available in your league, maybe grab them and if you can afford that bench bot, hold on to them and see if they get the start because Everton uh, are actually a very underrated team in many aspects, especially defensively, but offensively they are putrid until PCL comes back that is yeah I think it it didn't help them having Gordon suspended against Spurs but um, they really only had uh, one attacking threat with Onana through on goal but he skied his attempt and the team just did not look like getting forward at all Um, they were kind of just out of ideas because usually they just lump it long to Gordon uh, so he can run in behind or boot it deep to cover Lewin who will head the ball on to somebody but I would expect uh, Calvert Lewin to get a start here soon um, I wouldn't be surprised if it did come this game week against Newcastle which honestly for me would make the Newcastle center back pairing even that much more enticing for me to stream or start this weekend um, just really? with the uh, I mean you get the added aerial duels so if you have someone like Botman going up against Covert Lewin, I would take I would say, hey, if I get fifty percent of those aerials, I'm in good shape. I still even with him in the lineup, I don't expect Everton's goal threat to go that much higher. Um but You don't think we get prime DCL in his first game back? <laughs> probably not. It's gonna take a little bit for this one. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he played well i don't know if he would score right off the bat but he's always a constant threat from set pieces and corners um just because he is great in the air Uh, Mm -hmm. but i mean with botman at six 
four and uh, what's Dan Burn like six 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 seven? Um, I think you have some pretty good aerial prowess in the back for Newcastle as well. Yeah, I think Everton forwards this week are probably still a sit for me, even if Calvert Lewin comes into the squad. I mean, you start you're going to start Gordon and you'll start him, but like whoever pairs with him, I guess is who I'd say. If it's Damari Gray, if it's Dwight McNeil, I'm not very excited about that because mm-hmm. I just don't think the matchup is is all that great for them. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I do want to point out is for any owners of Iwobi, don't bail on him now because of his one-point performance against yeah, Spurs. No, no. He's, uh, he's good. He's, he's been deal. playing really, really well. That was kind of a one-off thing. He just really wasn't involved in the game at all. Um, and not many of the Everton players were. One that was and is still a viable streaming option is Onana. Um, I think he ended up with eight points in that game. So he's got a pretty solid floor of like seven, eight points um, and is another player that is an aerial threat from set pieces. So definitely look at getting him on your roster if you have the uh, flexibility for it. Yeah, other than that, I think that it's pretty black and white with this Everton team. You're definitely not starting any of those defenders. Don't even think about it. Yeah, no, not at all. Okay. Other than Tarkowski, but obviously. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I always forget <laughs> about him. I yeah. mean, he's an auto-star. He's an yeah. auto-star. We don't need yeah. to say anything. He's going to score well no matter what. Yeah. Uh, moving on here to the game matchup of the game week, really. Um, we've got Manchester United versus Tottenham. This is another pick Um It is an over-under of 2.75, and... This game really, I mean, like the odd makers in Vegas, this one's hard to call. Uh, United have gotten the better of Spurs in three of their last five matches, but I don't know. This one just kind of shows up as a matchup that really could go either way. Um, not sure if Erickson's going to be back for this one for United. Uh, Martial's also questionable, um, but as far as this Man United side goes, the attack isn't really scoring that well. Um, is there anyone you think in this matchup is either like a must start or someone that, uh, let's say, Ronaldo, are you starting him in this matchup or are you benching him here? This game gives me pretty low scoring vibes. If I'm being honest, I think that they're so even that they're really going to you know, play defense first. And we saw last weekend, Manu is pretty atrocious in front of goal in both their games. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know if anyone watched the Euro- Europa League. I believe it is Europa mm-hmm. League game. Uh, they they had I think four or five xG and were only able to get one last minute winner from uh, Scott McTominay. All yeah. people, so definitely bet on him to the, score the winner. The original question: Ronaldo starter bench. It's going to be team dependent for me. If you start him, he's your last forward. Uh, you might have no other options at this point. And he's not guaranteed to start, so definitely don't wait until this point to start Ronaldo. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you could see that forward four consist of uh, Sancho, Bruno, Anthony, and Rashford. Because Rashford didn't start last game. For any of, those, for any of you that forgot... You could also see Rashford slide in for Sancho and Ronaldo up top, but Ronaldo yeah. did walk off the field uh, feeling a bit wronged. I don't know if it was about the chances he missed, but he didn't shake Ten Hag's hand, so you have to think he's angry about being subbed out. Uh, th- I did see one penalty shot, actually, that Trippier had on him. That I know the United faithful say it was 100% a penalty, but I think he actually had a case there, and if he scores a penalty there after winning it, we have a different view of him. Mm-hmm. So... Look, he sucked, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go too far with the Ronaldo hatred. It's if he's starting in the game, you're going to be pretty tempted to start him, and I would too because if I don't know if anyone remembers, but last year against Tottenham, scored a lot of people might have benched him, and he scored a hat trick. So sure did. I know that's last year, and we're in the present, living the now, and he looks much worse than now than he did back then. But <laughs> just. Uh, it, you could you could do a lot worse than him and don't force 
Like, I think I'd start him over Brian and Buemo. Let's say I knew they were both starting. I'd rather start Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. So. What about Ronaldo or Danny Welbeck? Danny Welbeck in that one. Okay. Sure. Or or even Danny Sundov, for that matter. Either, either okay. of the two. If I could get, like, 60, 70 minutes out of them. Uh, and this is, again, assuming I knew they were both starting. Yeah. I'd still rather take the Brighton fellas just because that matchup is... Just so tasty. Fair enough. I would agree. Um, one thing I wanted to note on the menu side is a midfield four or five streamer potential. Um, the unlikely Fred, who had six points against Newcastle in 90 minutes. But, I mean, against City, he had 12 in 20 minutes. So... He's scoring a little bit better. I think it helps when he's not playing with McTominay. I think the uh, Casemiro defensive midfielder um, gives him license to move a bit more. Um, So I honestly wouldn't be mad at starting him as a midfield five option if I needed to for a floor play of, hey, I just need this guy to get me seven points and i'll be happy um i think he's up there with someone you could stream to get you that five to eight points yeah and he's getting toward the end of the slate so you might be desperate and need some guy to plug in your roster mm-hmm. and you could do worse than him i think tottenham's a middle of the road matchup uh for him as a box-to-box guy and he could get you your seven points yeah um, as far as the Tottenham side goes, it looks like Kulisevsky is still questionable. Um, I know Conte did say something about they're not going to rush him back. If he's looking good and fit in practice, then he might be available for this matchup. But I don't know. It's going to be tough because now Richarlison is out. Uh, it looks like the calf injury isn't as bad as they first thought, so he may still be... Um, back before the World Cup, which I don't think they're going to rush him back because they're aware of he's Brazil's starting number nine and he wants to play in the World Cup. I don't blame him. Um, so they're not looking to rush him back at any time soon. Um, and then Emerson's still suspended. So as far as the Tottenham side goes, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if you saw Perisic and Sessegnon start in this game. Um, you could probably have Sessegnon start at left wing back. Perisic can play anywhere on the front three. So you could see Sun play in his favored left wing position, uh, Kane up top, and then Perisic start on the right. Uh, we also have Lucas Mora back from injury. So he is a viable option as well. Um but I think in this matchup, if you roster Hoybier, you're going to start him in this one. He's just been playing so well. Um, he breaks up play. He's getting forward a little bit more, um, getting amongst the goals last time out. Um, but is there anybody else on this Tottenham side that you're keying in on? Is this a positive matchup at all for the likes of, let's say, Matt Doherty playing at right wing back, going up against either... Malasia or uh, Shaw? Yeah, I think I'm good with starting Doherty in this matchup. It'll be interesting to see how he does in a matchup where he's challenged a little bit more. I know Brighton kind of just laid down for him, and um, last week he didn't have to do a whole lot. So we shall we shall see what is in store for the legend Matt Doherty. <laughs> is, uh, Emerson is still suspended, yeah, so... yeah. So at least you know that he's he's starting in this game. If you didn't know he was starting, then I'd say maybe pivot. But mm-hmm. he's on your roster, and uh, I think he's like a he's he's like a defender two three any given day, and then the clean sheet's gonna determine that that upside. I think he could he could definitely get forward. This game could be end to end. But like I said earlier, I'm actually kind of. I guess contrarian in that sense, I know the over-under is 2.75. I think it could be a low-scoring affair. Uh, I think these two teams match up pretty well, and they're both pretty hot and cold, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a super projectable game. And I pretty much defer to everything you said earlier about these uh, about these guys. 
Yeah, I think uh, being the ever confident Spurs fan, I guess, um, or ever optimistic, I think Conte's playing this season rather well in the fact that he knows that the World Cup matchups are coming. Some of his players are going to be gone for a little while. Uh, some have a better chance of going further into the tournament than others. But the way that they play is so compact and defensive that they don't exert as much energy as the attacking team, and they pick and choose their times to attack. Um, so especially when the games start to pile up like this, I think they're going to be a team that can stand out in these matches where you have United who just played on Sunday and they have a three-day turnaround. Um, you could see a team like Tottenham who are already built to counterattack, you know, Man, Man United at home, who are going to want to attack for the crowd. Uh, I'm hoping this matches up well and we see another 6-1 Tottenham game. But uh, but I do think that this is Matt Doherty's last opportunity with Emerson out uh, suspended for this matchup to really solidify his spot as the right wing back and put into Conte's mind like, hey, I am the number one. Emerson will have to fill in for me now. Like, look at yeah. me. I am the captain yeah, now. Hmm. So yeah. um, anything to add to this one? No, I think yeah, I think you nailed it. I'll never, uh, I'll never argue with you on your Tottenham knowledge. You <laughs> seem to uh, seem to be very invested in it, which is good. I uh, don't particularly fancy getting too involved in in their notions. They just aren't the most exciting team to watch. I'll be honest. I know they get a lot of stick for it, and it's effective. They're tied with City. Yeah. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. Sneak out the wins. <laughs> exactly. Uh, coming into the last day of the game week, we've got the Thursday games starting with Fulham versus Aston Villa. This is also a pick 'em, uh, no favorite in this one, with an over under of 2.5 goals. Um, let's quickly run through these last two. Um, Fulham side, I mean, other than Mitrovic, or I mean, who are you starting? Who are you streaming from this one? I uh, am starting Harry Wilson in this one if he can get the get the start. I know he has only logged 10, 20 minutes as of recently, so it's no guarantee. I see him as like a midfielder four with midfielder three upside, and he would have more if I were more confident in him getting a full match, but I think he's just still getting up to speed mm-hmm. in, uh, in this team, so... Yeah, he's, he's a viable option. If he's under waivers, still I'd really try and get him in your squad. He's a guy who I think is going to only shoot up the ranks from here, even if he doesn't perform maybe to the ceiling that people are expecting of him. Uh, as viable streamers this week, keep in mind this is on Thursday, so last of two games. We've got Paulinho as a midfielder five. He's your just plug-in option. I need six points. Uh, with You know, he's actually had a couple of goals, I think, so far. He's got some upside in that sense, but... Mm-hmm. He's really just a lineup plugger. And uh, Robinson, I like as a defender three. He had nine ghost points last match. I actually brought him in my squad and was a little bit perturbed that they gave up two goals to Bournemouth, who, like I said, continued to outperform their XG. Uh, but if there's one thing that, you know, Villa does well is not score. So uh, <laughs> Robinson could be a good start in that sense. Uh, that being said, Fulham's defense is a bit... Uh, Swiss cheese like, and it, they, it could be an interesting matchup. Really, you've got a pretty impotent offense versus a, a pretty weak defense. Yeah, I think they've given up thirteen in their last five. So it's like Villa's. There's goals to be had in this one, but I mean, just who do they come from? Because no one in that side looks like they want to score. Um, Agreed. They were unlucky against Chelsea. I mean, Kepa had an amazing performance in goal, um, but. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're possibly Bailey and Watkins could have a game here. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty much just out on Buendia and Coutinho. But who knows? They could come alive in this matchup because, like you said, Fulham are just a positive matchup for almost anyone at this point. Um, Fulham are still squeaking out some uh, positive results, but 
they do it by shipping goals too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think I think Villa. You know, you can stream. It's it's not the worst streaming game really. These last two games actually should be decent streaming games since there should be a fair number of options mm-hmm. um, to rely on. If that affects any of your earlier matchups, you know that's a that's a plus. So I think uh, we could see Villa do a little bit better here against Fulham, but I say that with with bated breath. Let's 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 see. I I would love to not be in the position of having to start a Villa asset, but. There's a couple that I, I think are, are pretty good. Like Watkins this week, I actually like him to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Bailey. Could could be a decent streamer. I know he's hit the wire in a couple of leagues. Yeah, I would almost prefer to stream. I know this is going to sound really bad, but especially because I said I was out on all Villa assets like two weeks ago. But I would rather stream Bailey as a forward three than a... Everton or Newcastle streamer in that matchup because I just think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, this one, I would assume at least there's going to be probably three goals in this matchup. Yeah. I assume you're comparing him to like a Jacob Murphy. Yeah. 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 I'd rather start Bailey than Jacob Murphy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything to add to this one. Yeah, me either. All right. Moving on to the last game of the game week, we've got Leicester and Leeds. Leicester's favored by 0.25 goals with an over-under of 2.75. Biggest news on this one is Madison is suspended after accumulating his fifth yellow card of the season, Um, and Didi is also still out with an injury. Uh, As far as Leicester goes, I mean, they've had two clean sheets in their last three games, so could this be a defensive renaissance that we're starting to see? Um, Waukfeis and Castagna, uh, I mean, both had their third double-digit performance in a row. Uh, so, I mean, they're viable streamers this week against a Leeds team that looks energetic. They look like scoring, but in similar vein, they just don't put the ball in the net half the time. Um, yeah, I think ever since we just heard Danny Ward's feelings, he's just decided to... <laughs> We just had to call him out. Sheets. We just had to call him out and hold him accountable. That's yeah. that's what that's what was needed this entire time. Pay no attention to the addition of Outface, who's been pretty decent for them. Or you're welcome, really Brendan just, Rogers. It seems like they started caring. Everyone just kind of started caring. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I was shocked to see them hold the clean sheet against Crystal Palace. Myself, I mentioned earlier, I loved Palace forwards last week and. Hey, Lester, uh, you know, made me eat my words. So mm-hmm. I uh, would not disrespect them ever again. But, uh, I, you know, yeah, like you said, stream any of those defenders. They're probably fine. I, I, I wouldn't be looking for a Marti. He's actually a pretty horrible option there. But about mm-hmm. uh, face, Castagna, and then you already probably own Justin. So fire him up. And uh, any of the front three. I know Iannaccio's a... Potential guy who could start as a, as one of a front two or three this week. And uh, I like him as a forward two if he starts. Um, pretty similar to Daka. It's just really who gets the start for me. And mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to wait until now for Iannaccio to start since he's a forward. If he was a yeah. mid, that'd be a little different. But uh, maybe, maybe you have him and you can pivot to a defender, one of these defender options, if he doesn't end up getting the start. It's such a massive, like disappointment that this is the last game of the game week because you do have madison out so you have a viable streamer and whoever comes in to replace him but you have to wait until the very last game to even Mm -hmm. see if that is anyone or if rogers goes to a front two of like daka and vardy who are probably already owned and then everyone else just stays the same um but you Mm -hmm. could see someone like perez priot uh Albrighton come in for Madison but we just I mean if you're the Madison owner and you know that you can't play him do you free up some roster space so that you have the flexibility on your roster to wait until this matchup to see uh who may come in like I would say I would start three defenders prior to this matchup and keep one roster spot open so that like, yeah, you may be able to bring in a midfielder who's going to replace Madison or even a forward in Iannaccio, 
but you could also pivot to one of those defenders of, uh, let's say, Castagna or Justin and throw him in at the last minute too. Right. I think that's the strategy. Leave one of those defender slots open for your worst case, you know, break glass in case of emergency scenarios. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually do like Perez or Albrighton if they start. I don't know about Pratt. He doesn't have enough of a track record for me, but uh, those two are those two are fine starts here. Great streamers, I think, given the matchup. Uh, this should be a pretty end-to-end game, I'd hope, unless you know Leicester make this into their game versus Crystal Palace and they just start being a stingy defense. And I don't see that one happening. I think we see some regression in the mean here. They could give up a goal, but Leicester, uh, I think, have definitely a couple of good streamers like we've mentioned. So uh, keep your eyes out on the wire for that. And mm-hmm. uh, moving over to lead side, I think Cooper as a defender three is fine here. Uh, Leicester can definitely score, so I wouldn't accept, expect a clean sheet from him. But, but he's not he very go, clean so sheet dependent. That. So. Yeah, he's not super clean sheet dependent. He's kind of like Joakim Anderson in that sense mm-hmm. without maybe that goal upside. So... He's like a good safe floor play, really, most weeks, as long as the matchup's not too negative. I know they have a couple of negative ones coming up, so mm-hmm. some people might be souring on him. Uh, and I think if Furpo were to hop in the squad, I know he might be coming back from injury soon. He'd be okay as a streamer. If like I'd probably I'd turn to Castagna, Justin, face first, but if all those guys are taken, Cooper's taken, you're panicking, you need a guy, and he's starting, I could... I could get on board with that. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, there's really not many uh, midfielder assets available for leads on the waiver wire. I mean, even Sinistera is probably the lowest rostered at 65% for their attacking players. Then you have Roca and Adams who are available at like 24 25%, but they just score so low that it's almost not worth putting them into your roster and starting them week in and week out, even if they do have a plus matchup. I mean, they're averaging maybe six points. So, and their floor is like two. Their floor isn't six. Yeah. Yeah, Roca is averaging like seven-ish points a game. So he's your last chain saloon guy, really, yeah. for midfielders. Alrighty, I think we can wrap up this game week with our starts of the game week. Um, if you want to kick us off with some defenders for this week, uh, go for it. I would love to. So we've got the legend, Joel Ward. Um, <laughs> I'm sure all of you are already sharp to this and have him with bids of 10 to $15 in your waiver claims. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Do not do that. Please don't. I'm not serious. Uh, but he is a decent streamer this week, as is Mark A. I view them pretty similarly uh, in their positive matchup this week as like a defender three uh, with that clean sheet upside. Mm-hmm. And then I've also got Jordan Zamora. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he has ghosted pretty decently. I know he didn't get the start last game, but that could have just been because of the busy schedule coming up. So I'd expect him to pop back in that squad this week. And like I've said, Bournemouth are actually not that bad defensively. So I think I like their chances against Southampton, and he might be able to get forward since they don't pose a big risk. He's uh, also had the odd attacking return, I've noticed. So mm-hmm. he is a decent, maybe higher upside play than those Crystal Palace guys. Yeah, um, I might sound like a broken record. I'm going right back to the matchup we just talked about, Leeds Leicester. Uh, my defenders are both streaming options from either side of the team or game matchup. But Cooper um, had 9.25 ghost points against Arsenal. Well, 11.25 goal against him, though. Um, and then Castagna, uh, what do you have, like 17 points in their game uh, over the weekend. So he's been playing pretty well. Uh, 11, 12.25, and 17 in his last three games. Uh, two of those do include a clean sheet, but the 12 points against Bournemouth is pretty promising. So definitely fire him up uh, against the lead side that uh, can leak goals sometimes. Uh, let's jump into the midfielders here. Uh, I'm going all the way back to the first game of the game week. Uh, Brighton, I think this is a massive, massive spot for Trossard. Um, really frees up the midfield options. Um, he could even play some point of left wing back. Maybe we'll see if Stupinian can go the full 90. If he can't, Trossard is viable to swap into that role. 
Um, so I like him in that matchup. And then uh, Aronson was very, very active against Arsenal. Uh, they just could not find that final ball to get into the back of the net. We do know that Leicester has that capability of shipping three to five goals in a game. They haven't recently, but uh, who knows is if Danny Ward is the real deal now. Um, ever since that pep talk we gave him, he's been uh, pretty mm-hmm. good. He must have been listening to the pod. He has to have been. Just save Brendan Rodgers' job. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> What about your midfield <laughs> options this week? Yeah, so they're a little bit more chalky. Um, they're higher owned. Carolise, I think he didn't get the start the other day, so uh, I would expect him to come in and get some good minutes this week. Uh, and he's playing against a Wolves side who I know defensively aren't one to target, but on volume alone, I think he should do well. I know Wolves don't give up a lot of goals, but that's not really his game. He's lots of dribbles and just really involved in that offense as a whole. So uh, also takes set pieces, so that's positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's a strong start this week uh, alongside Pulisic, who should probably get the start this week given uh, I don't think he started last game uh, against Brentford, who are pretty weak defensively. So he should have every opportunity to get forward, even if he doesn't see a full 90. Yeah. Um, jumping into the attackers here. Um, I hate to do it, but the only one I have here is a Villa asset, and that is Liam Bailey. Um, I think he looked sharp against Chelsea. They were unlucky not to get a goal. Um, Now they have the positive matchup against Fulham, who have given up, like we said, 13 goals in their last five games. So there's goals to be had in this one, so I'm expecting him to have some sort of attacking return. Yeah, and then uh, for me, I've got Ollie Watkins as an attacker, so the flip side of that coin. Hoping my guy gets the goal this week. Uh, (laughs) He actually hasn't scored that poorly this season. He might be a pretty good buy-low candidate, actually, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the, I mean, the new manager rumblings are going to maybe make that harder because the guy's going to know that he's selling super, super low. But, uh, you know, I think he's he's scored pretty well as long as he hasn't played against Arsenal and City. So when he's got this plus matchup uh, this week against Fulham, who, like we've talked about, concede quite a few goals, I think he's as good a shot as any to, you know, put one away. So... Uh, fire him up, and uh, we mentioned Ihea Nacho could get the start this week. I know Rotowire is projecting him to get the start in a two-striker formation, mm-hmm. so we'll see if that happens. Uh, I mean, whoever starts in that forward line, I think, has a plus matchup against Leeds, but uh, he's really the only one that you're going to find on waivers. All right, and that'll do it for us. If you've made it this far, we apologize for not doing any Twitter questions this week with a quick turnaround. Uh, We just wanted to get this one out there for you guys. Uh, If you do have any questions leading up to this weekend's game week, uh, we're hopefully going to have another pod out here either Thursday or Friday to go over those games. So if you want, send us your questions on Twitter. We'll answer them then. Uh, We'll also put out a tweet to ask you for those questions when the time comes. But uh just thank you guys for listening and good luck in this tight fixture uh game week the games are coming thick and fast and this is where you really set yourself apart in your league uh keeping on the waiver wire keeping up with everything to date uh watching those streamers and getting into those plus matchups so and listening again, to the show yeah thank you guys we will talk to you later peace cheers